Welcome to the Occupational Safety Leadership Podcast, episode number 118 with Jack Springston. Um, Jack, if you could tell the uh, audience a little bit about yourself, please, and then we'll get started. Uh, thank you. I'm a certified industrial hygienist, a certified safety professional. I'm a technical consultant for Atlas Technical um, Atlas Technical Consultants. Actually, <laughs> um, I, I've, I've been doing uh, industrial hygiene work for uh, over 37 years now. So and I'm, I'm based out of a uh, metro New York region. Oh, OK. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. So um, I first saw um, I first saw your article in um, American uh, American Safety Professional. No, I'm sorry, American Society of Safety Professionals. I keep on thinking of the old A A S S E. So mm -hmm. it it was in the American Society of Safety Professionals. And uh, when I sat down, I really started uh, thinking that um, I think I do a good job of when I find the mold, I know how to I know how to handle it. Um, but I bet you that I'm probably missing aspects out there, and there's probably things that I really don't know. So I really wanted to sit down and just kind of uh talk to you um if we could just uh for the audience i have just a small list of uh things here if we could just go over a uh definition of a bio aerosol <laughs> uh bio aerosol i mean <clears throat> you ever watched the movie twister that old oh movie, yeah right oh yeah 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 uh -huh. <clears throat> remember the uh the scene where the the cow went flying past the car yeah uh-huh that's a bio aerosol it's a big ass bioaerosol. <laughs> Basically, it's in, anything of biological origin that's um, in in the air. Mm -hmm. So it, it it could be particulates. It could be volatile organic compounds that are produced by by bioaerosols. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a wide variety of of anything of biological origin. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I know that I'm a uh, self-taught, self-taught expert in making, making, making mold as much as I am on uh, getting rid of mold at the same time. So uh, I guess I'd, I guess I'd like to sit down and really, when I think about mold and it has a color to it, of course, I'm obviously really good at finding that. That's super obvious. You, um, I seem to find those uh, in places that are not, are not well-traveled. Um, the maintenance may be spotty times but the, could you just cover a couple of uh little hints on helping people on on really how to go back and um investigate this hazard well i think it's important for people to realize mold is not the problem mold is merely a symptom of what the problem is and the problem is moisture you know mm -hmm. either uncontrolled moisture uh through through relative hu humidity not not controlling the the amount of humidity within your space um, even if you control the humidity, if you have cold surfaces, you can get condensation occurring on those surfaces. Now you have enough available free water for the mold to, to grow. Right? Mm -hmm. Or if you have a pipe leak and you don't bother drying it out rapidly or qu quickly enough, you're going to end up with mold. So again, mold is merely a symptom of what the actual problem is, uncontrolled oh. moisture. Yes, yes, yes. So when I sit down and I think about it, uh, probably most of the uh, cases that I've been, uh, and of course it's only been a, uh, it's only been a handful. Uh, it's either been from a roof leak where they, you know, claimed that the roof was fixed, of course, but they probably didn't bother to go back and clean up the water. 
you know, now it had a nice place to grow. And a couple of times in an HVAC system where they decided to save a whole bunch of money and uh, just run it until it fails. Um, but it never did fail. And instead, uh, it caused a health hazard instead. Yeah, HVAC systems are notorious. Um, if, if you think about it, I mean, the HVAC system, especially when you're in, in cooling, in a cooling mode, it's a wet system. You've, you've got your cooling coils where you've got all that moisture. And then just downstream of your cooling coils where you fit, where your fan unit typically is, um, a lot of times said that's internally lined for sound suppression. You get dirt into that internal lining. Now you have very high humidity levels, right? And mm-hmm. you're going to end up with mold growth. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that that makes that makes perfect sense. Now, I just know that when I got there, that, that the uh, HVAC was already was was already off, and so it's not quite the same as kind of finding it and then kind of saying, "Now I can kind of go over that whole, you know, what caused this whole thing." Then, so very good, very, uh, very good, very good. Um, so I'd like to also sit down and kind of talk about the different like uh, the remediation techniques that you found out there, and and um, is there is there one that you prefer or is it more of a uh, situation dictates out there? Well, if, if, if you have mold growth then remove it, get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's as simple as that. There, there's people who will <clears throat> try to tell you, oh, you can clean it. You can use biocides. You can do fogging to get rid of it, right? There's, there's uh, some highly questionable people out there with, with fogging. Um, using basically a, a, a strong um, sodium hypochlorite solution to bleach the snot out of it, right? So now wow, you can't okay. see it because it's bleached, but it's still there, right? right? So, so <clears throat> if you have porous materials, right, such as like wallboard or or carpeting or anything like that, where where it's gotten wet and you've got mold growth, then remove it, remove and replace. Okay. Okay. So you wouldn't recommend using uh, bleach or, or some, or some other form and just really just scrubbing it and scrubbing it, just cut um, it out and get rid of it. <laughs> you can use like cleaning solutions for, like, let's say we have super superficial growth on, on, on surface of <clears throat> like a semi-porous or non-porous material. Those mm-hmm. you can clean. It's mm-hmm. easy mm-hmm. enough. But once you've got a porous material where you've got established mold growth, it's starting to deteriorate that that material. Right. And just trying to clean it off doesn't work. And if if you look at EPA, OSHA, NIOSH, AIHA, ACGIH, they all say the same thing. If you have mold growth on porous material, and IICRC says it too, um, remove and replace. And there's, as I mentioned, there's there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, we need to use like a biocide to kill the mold before we remove it. Why? If you're removing it, why do you need to kill it? Why why are you using chemicals that are poisonous to the to to people mm-hmm. for something that you're going to remove and throw away anyway? Right, 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 right. So I. Uh... I got a call into one place to go and uh, investigate, you know, and all that. And I was like, yeah, you got mold, you got this, you know, and, and they were like, well, thanks a lot for your time and your effort, you know, but uh, we're going to, we're going to go and 
find some other mechanism, you know. So out of curiosity, I circled back in a couple of months, and they had taken another set of ductwork and run it right next to the one that had all the mold in it and just kind of capped it and sealed it in place, you know. And they thought that that was a pretty good, a pretty good mechanism to kind of keep it and then keep down the cost, of course, by obviously by not ripping out the ductwork and everything else. So I wasn't too uh, jazzed with that, but of course it wasn't my, it wasn't my, it wasn't my project. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, it sounds rather bizarre to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, you've been, you've been, you've been in the world of uh, safety. You, you've pro probably seen a lot of uh, strange, um, strange things out there, you know? Uh, so. Yes. <laughs> So how would the uh, normal everyday person, uh, let's, let's kind of go over a little uh, journey to the world of uh, hypothetical, you know. So a person is sitting in an office cube and says, hey, I think I have uh, difficulty breathing. It kind of feels like it's really damp and moist in this area. How do you think that, um, and, and of course, they call, they, call, they call you and you just have just that little bit of info. What kind of steps would you kind of do to get started at least, you think? Hmm. Um, first and foremost, when you're dealing with mold for a mold inspection is, is a thorough informed visual inspection as well as what we say olfactory, right? The mm -hmm. smelling, there's a sniff test. If, right, if right, you right. go into a space and you smell that earthy, musty, moldy odor, mm -hmm. there's mold and bacteria growing somewhere, actively growing. That's, that's a dead giveaway. Right. If if you if you can't find it, then look deeper because it's there. That's right. It, right. So that's really the biggest thing is if you know is is that visual you're looking for? Are, is there evidence of water staining, water damage? Right? Do I have musty odors? You you can also go in using like a a thermal infrared camera, which mm, okay. which the the camera only tells you hot and cold, right? But mm -hmm. if you have a wet surface where the water is evaporating off that surface, that surface is colder. So the thermal infrared camera, you can scan. And if you see cold spots, you can then use a moisture meter to figure out, is it actually wet? Right? Mm -hmm. And if it is, okay, there, there's my water. Right? Now, now we need to figure out, okay, why is that getting wet? Right? And it, it can be really simple if you, if you had like an overflowing toilet or a pipe burst, right? Or a roof leak, relatively simple. But in instances where you're dealing with maybe um, air infiltration through, through a building envelope and condensation occurring within wall cavities um, and stuff, it gets much more difficult. Uh -huh. um, and, and, that's where you you really need to call in like a, a an expert to to be able to tell. I mean, there, there's instances where I'm like, well, I I know there's an issue with building envelope, but I'm not a building scientist. You know, I know enough to get myself in trouble. Let's contact a, a building envelope specialist. Right, 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 right. So somebody who can look at the entire entire building and not like a aspect by aspect in certain areas. <clears throat> yes yeah or, or if it's like an hvac system right uh -huh. i i know enough to be able to yes this is why but i can't tell you how to fix it you need a mechanical engineer to come in and tell you right 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 mm -hmm. 
Very good. Very good. I think for my next question, uh, so I get a lot of questions about people saying, hey, I want to take I want to take mold off of a um, like a steel surface. Uh, when you think about like in your um, in your basement, you have it on like the concrete block and that kind of stuff. Then is there something that you would recommend in those cases? Because that's that's a that's a that's a pretty a pretty tough surface. It does not have those pores in it. Is that something that just is is just really easy to clean and get rid of? Well, uh, concrete, concrete's a really hard sponge, mm-hmm. <laughs> much like cinder block, right? It's a porous material. Oh, yeah. Water on it, and just so whatever mold is growing on it is growing on the dirt on the surface. Uh, it's not growing on the concrete itself. The concrete right. is 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 inorganic. Uh, so right. It's a matter of being able to clean that surface. My, my typical recommendation for for cleaning surfaces is to use a mild detergent solution such as like Dawn dishwashing soap, right? Oh, okay. If you can clean penguins with it without concern after <laughs> an oil spill, you know, I'm I'm not concerned about using it in the house for cleaning surfaces. Right, 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 right. I'm just taking a couple of uh, notes because this is really good, really good for me too, you know, to go back and look at also. So, hmm. Very good. Very good. Is there anything that you'd like to tell the uh, audience that maybe we haven't kind of stumbled upon just just to kind of give them that uh, introduction um, to mold, an introduction to bio aerosols? Well, um, I just spent the last four and a half years updating uh, along with the 34 other people updating ACGIH's bioaerosols book which mm-hmm. will be coming out next month, middle of next month, it'll be coming out. It's all, it's completely updated. The original um, came out in 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, we've been working on it now for four and a half years. Um, it contains oh, a ton of information if, if people are, are interested. It's it's not just mold that we're talking about. We, we huh. talk about viruses such as like the, the SARS-CoV-2 um we talk about like tuberculosis we talk about um potential weaponization of of certain bioaerosols so um we talk about mycotoxins which is becoming a, a bigger scam in my mind um as well as like endotoxins which are are <clears throat> endotoxins are um associated with environmental bacteria and can cause um respiratory um symptoms similar to like mold mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'd like to backtrack for a second you had mentioned a um had mentioned something and said that it's a scam out there let's let's go back and uh unpack that whole thing for a second <laughs> well that, that's that's the mycotoxin so there's <clears throat> There, there's uh, several labs. I'm, I'm not going to mention any names. Obviously, I don't want to get in trouble, but um, mm-hmm. labs are pushing about um, environmental mycotoxins um, and and are hypothesizing or saying that um, exposure to mycotoxins in the, the indoor environment are, are what's causing um, a whole host of, of uh, health issues with, with individuals. Now, I, I could go on for a couple of hours just on mycotoxins, but <laughs> like, <laughs> mycotoxins, strictly speaking, <clears throat> there's only like five or six 
agriculturally important mycotoxins. And our exposure is through the food that we eat. You get mold growth on grains, um, you know, on on nuts, um, on on coffee. I mean, you name it, right? Um, and that mold, when it's growing, if it if it's under the right conditions. <clears throat> right amount of moisture and everything, they will produce these, they're secondary metabolites. Mm -hmm. And as I said, there's like five or six that are known to um, <clears throat> harm people and, and animals, right? And and it's, it's, it's a problem worldwide. Well, <clears throat> there are labs that, that will do testing for those specific mycotoxins, but in dust and in air samples taken indoors. But the important thing to realize is that the molds that produce these mycotoxins on grains and nuts and everything, they don't produce them when they're growing indoors. They don't have the right ingredients. Think about mm -hmm. it, right? There's there's Aspergillus um, flavus can, can produce um, aflatoxins when it's growing on peanuts, right? But if it's growing on wallboard, right, you don't have the proteins, right? Unless you make your wall out of peanut butter, it doesn't <laughs> have the right ingredients to produce these these mycotoxins. Right, right, right. Okay. And there's there's been tons of studies looking at people in the agricultural settings, right, <clears throat> where where you you expect high levels of it in the dust and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, where where They've seen in certain occupations, yes, you can have an elevated um, airborne uh, mycotoxins if there's there's enough mold growth in, in the grain and everything that, that you're disturbing. But in an indoor environment, in your house, it's it's not possible. Uh -huh. It's just not possible. Okay, okay. I need to go back and look up this because you had mentioned some uh, things that I commonly uh, ingest, such as... Uh, um coffee beans peanuts all that kind of stuff then so i'm doing everything i can not to have too much grain now but i still do so you know interesting i need, I need to go back and really educate myself well the important thing, thing to, to realize too is is our body is very good at metabolizing stuff mm -hmm. and it's very good at metabolizing a lot of these mycotoxins the half-life in the body of some of these mycotoxins is on the order of minutes to hours wow it's uh, really fast so um, the longest known is, is uh, ochratoxin A, which has a half-life of around a month, 32 days, somewhere around there. Right? Uh -huh. um, so if, there, there's urinary analysis that can be done for some of these mycotoxins. Uh -huh. If you submit a sample of, of your urine taken in the morning, and a sample that you've taken in the afternoon, you're going to end up with completely different numbers depending on in the morning. Did you drink a bunch of coffee? All right. And did you know? Uh -huh, and, uh -huh. and did you have oatmeal? Right. And in 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 the afternoon, did you have red wine or something? Right? So your numbers fluctuate greatly. There there are doctors out there that, however, that will say, "Oh, you need to be de detoxified from these mycotoxins," and it takes months to years. They're full of you know what when they uh -huh. they tell their patients that. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, I think I think anybody that tells that tells me not to drink a whole pot of coffee every day, I'm probably going to say no. 
So, I don't know. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> well, Jack, this was this was fantastic, and uh, you've given me a lot of notes. So I think I really need to go back, educate myself a whole lot more on this. And I'd like to sit down and talk to you about doing a um, uh, part two in the future, if that's if that's going to be good and all that stuff. So where can folks catch up with, with you out there? Uh, easiest way is, is through email. And it's uh, john.springstun at oneatlas.com. Perfect, Jack. Thank you so much. So is there anything that you'd like to uh, end end uh, end with today? <laughs> yeah, remember, mold's not the problem. It's the moisture. Right, right, right. I think I think that's going to be a, a new way for me to think about it, uh, to think about um, mold is just um, that symptom. It's not really what that problem is. So, yes. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it, bud. You have a great day. So, you too. Okay, everybody, thank you so much and have a great day.